Hi there, and welcome along to episode 118 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, a totally free and independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans, uh, where the content is always absolutely free. And as we say every week, guys, it's not just a podcast that we've got here at Jersnet, but head over to the website www.jersnet.co.uk, where you can also find loads of articles about Rangers, a wee history archive, and of course, the friendly discussion forum, where you will find all of your Jersnet podcast contributors. Uh, if you are joining us tonight live, we are live on YouTube, we've got the cameras on. Uh, if you're joining us, then thank you very much. Please do leave your comments and questions in the comments and we will get to as many of those as we possibly can. But as always, the show is available for download first thing on a Monday morning, wherever you get your podcast, including Ecast, iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, and of course, Spotify. Um, what we're going to be talking about today is looking back at yesterday's game against Motherwell, uh, as well as the, the midweek shenanigans against St Mirren in the League Cup. And then just a wee roundup of the news that's gone on throughout the week as well. Um, what we might as, do, might as well do then is fire straight into the introductions of the guests. As I said, the cameras are on so we can uh, see who we've got and say hello to, first of all, part-time podcast host and full-time fantasy football pro. It's David Wren. David, how are you? Thank you, Ross, for that, that glowing introduction. Last time I did the podcast on the cameras, was recalling that absolutely blew my opportunity. It's such a big um, hello to the listeners and the first time they'd seen me live. So um, looking to make up for that tonight. Yeah. And not stumble across my words too many times. But I think a lot of it's the fact I can see myself on camera and how handsome I am. So um that is an issue. Uh, that I'll try and I'll try and get over. And um yeah, no, good to be back in the in the guest chair. Excellent. No, I'm glad to hear it. Do you find that being the guest is sort of less stressful than being the host? Oh, hundred percent. No. You can just you can just relax right into it. Because I know I knew looking at your face when Frankie said twenty five seconds to go. That, that was just what I didn't have tonight, that absolute terror. So, um, no, but I felt quite smug. That panic, that panic that I've been feeling since six minutes after three o'clock yesterday, that, that stress and tension's never gone away because as soon as we scored yeah. the pop, um, post in the morning. Um, also with us this afternoon or this evening, rather, uh, and I'm sure the reason that our female listeners this week is going to go up by about two or three hundred percent, Alec Anderson. Alec, welcome. How are you? Uh, absolutely uh, fine, uh, terrific. Thanks, Ross. Thanks. Uh, hello, David. How you doing? And uh, yeah, I've got to agree uh, how good looking uh, David is. Uh, he looks how I felt at full time yesterday, um, whereas I look how we all felt for the first 70 minutes uh, yesterday. Just like to assure people that uh, I'm not actually fat. It's just this room's really small. You know? And um, I think it's quite nice that you've, you've got... Uh, two guys on who, if you added your ages up, it would come to the age of the third guy. So it's it's it's, it's nice to be it's nice to be back. <laughs> I actually thought I thought we thought with the cameras on. We had the treble winning Rangers manager Alex McLeish on with us, but it turns out it's it's, it's Alec Anderson instead. He's he's big egg. I'm just fat egg. But uh, <laughs> I, I taught him most of what he knows for the back of the for the back of the govern stand. Uh, my advice got him through that, David. <laughs> See, I was thinking with the cameras on, it looks like we've got. Uh, Gregor Hemphill from the Chew in the Fat Days and Ford Kieran from Still Game. Uh, rest assured, we are all football experts and, and not shite patter merchants. Um, look, we might as well crack on and get talking about Motherwell. Um, normally, I would sort of do the games in chronological order, but I feel there's a lot more to discuss from the Motherwell game yesterday. We're all a bit more positive after that. And I know that, that Colin uh, and Stuart in Friday night's preview show also touched on St Mirren, so we'll spend most of the, the evening talking about the Motherwell game yesterday. Alec, we might as well start with yourself. Um, your face is up on my screen at the moment, so we'll stay there. Um, 
we we had the lineup yesterday. Obviously, knowing that Morelos is is starting or is, is continuing his uh, his suspension um, after being cited by the um, compliance officer. So Defoe comes in to replace him up top, and Hollander comes in for uh, Balogun, who is still suffering the effects of the, of the head injury that he picked up on Wednesday Wednesday evening. Was there any surprises in in that for you, particularly Defoe up front, um, leaving the line rather than, than maybe Cedric Kitson? No, um, I, I wasn't particularly surprised. I, I think obviously with Alfie not available, I think there's a we never say limited. We've got three strikers, but um, there was a feeling maybe that Cedric didn't. I think it's unkind to say he didn't have the best game on Wednesday night. Um, I don't think any of the strikers were really given a, a proper opportunity uh, in Wednesday night because of the way the game. I mean, St Mirren played well, um, and they weren't really getting the service uh, they would normally get. But I think. It felt it felt right, uh, without criticising anybody else. Uh, it felt right that Jermaine Defoe started yesterday, um, and I was quite encouraged by the fact that Steve Davis and Glenn Kamara uh, started as well. And I think just the kind of the immediate takeaway uh, for me and for a, a lot of other guys out there, a lot of other Rangers fans out there from Wednesday was we need to have if it's a game we need to win. Um, against anybody, I think, uh, in the top flight in Scotland, we need to have Barisic and Tavernier. Uh, or, uh, if, if one of them is missing, you're going to have to have at least two of the... I know Ryan Jack's uh, not available just now, but Jack, uh, Kamara, or Steve Davis. So I was quite I was quite uh, encouraged. There'd no, be no choice, as you say, with, with Balligan. Uh, Big Phil had to, had to come in, and I was quite happy with that. Um, steady enough uh, pair of hands, and I, no, I was, I was, I was, I was quite happy with the, with the starting lineup. You say that you were sort of quite encouraged seeing the lineup. There, how long did that feeling of encouragement last into the first half? About six minutes or something. I can't, even, can't remember. Can't remember correctly. Uh, aye, and the same, the same length of time at um, the standard Liege game at Ibrox. It was quite uncanny. Not just the way the goal was scored. Um, but the, the, the time that it took us to, to go behind, you know, Jermaine uh, gets a couple of shots in, in the first the first two or three minutes, and it looks like yeah, this is this is the response we're looking for. Uh, we're just going to come out all guns blazing. We're going to blow this mob away, and I think we got a bit befuddled by their game plan. Yeah, I think you're right, David. Gerrard has, has criticised our defending in relation to the opener, and actually, Alec makes a, makes a really good point that it was a very similar goal to standard Liège at Ibrox. Um, what do you think that we we could have done better, and, and what happened there? What did Rangers get wrong in the lead up to that goal? Um, I think, unfortunately, you know we, we've seen a Tavernier in the form of his life this year. We've also seen Barisic being who's been excellent, um, but I mean, unfortunately, yesterday I think both fullbacks were at fault with the goal. You know, Barisic, I think, has to be stronger. You know, to protect the, the cross from O'Donnell because O'Donnell's got the time and space to, you know, whack it across the front goal. And, you know, Tavernier has been fantastic this season. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of pundits who wouldn't normally be, you know, praising, I suppose, our players, saying that he's the only candidate for player of the year. So it was quite disappointing, you know, from his point of view to see that just lapse in concentration again. Um, and we'll come on to the St Mirren game but having watched the game back for the first time today I think he probably 
was sleeping again, um, ball watching for the, the third St Mirren goal on, on Wednesday night as well, which is disappointing. I think it's a shame because I think defensively he's improved massively this season as well. Um, but just switched off and it's the same old story. The guy gets in behind him. Just without him looking, he's ball watching. All the defenders in the box are ball watching. And it felt like it took an eternity to get across the face of goal. And then when it did, there are guys at the back post to stick it in. It's quite frustrating that because the problem we have is teams aren't going to show us any respect in the sense that they're not going to come out and try and play against us. And by respect, I mean they're not going to come out and play the way we want them to play. So they're going to they're going to sit in. And the worst thing we can do in that situation is give away cheap goals, which, you know, whatever way you look at it, yesterday's was a cheap goal. Barisic comes out to the ball and then almost turns his back on it when the cross comes in and, and Tavernier sleeping at the back post. Um, so to give away a cheap goal, it all just felt very familiar. Um, and, you know, when that first goal goes in, you know that you're going to be up against it. And it's going to be all about... Um, you know, them and, and them sort of sitting in and us having to try and break them down. And that was something that last season we really struggled with, especially at home. And when you looked at the team yesterday, Kamal Roof, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Kamal Roof was the only one that was, wasn't there last season. And for me, it was no surprise when you look at the scoreline and who scored the goals yesterday that it was Kamal Roof and Cedric Etten that scored. Because... Every other player that played, I think, um, was there last season when we went through that constantly where we couldn't break teams down, struggled with a bit of end product, struggled with just a bit of, um, I, you know, uh, with ideas in the final third. And it just so happens the two guys that we brought in the summer for decent money were the ones that popped up and, and rescued us when we really needed it. And that, to me, is probably the biggest positive you can take from yesterday. Yes, it's, it's good that we've managed to, you know, come back from a goal down at home against a really, really stuffy opponent. But for our new signings to make an impact like that, and obviously they've made an impact. Kamara's goal return has been outstanding, but for them to make that impact in that moment with 15 minutes to go, you know, that was the biggest positive for me. I think you're right, by the way, on, on Kamara's impact since he's come in. And, and Cedric Hitton as well. I think they both brought a different dimension, something that we've that we've been lacking. And, and uh, I, there's been a wee bit of criticism about the fact that our goals haven't been scored by strikers. But Kamar Roof's goal return is, is strong. Cedric Hitton hasn't had a huge amount of minutes, but he's, he's scoring goals, three goals against Motherwell, I think, now this season as well. So um, I'm really, really pleased with the contribution that, that he's been able to bring. And I think you're right that um, I was I was sort of going to ask the question of of why was the next 60 minutes so frustrating? And I think you've kind of answered that in that it was Motherwell had a game plan, they make an early goal and they, they sit. There's been a lot of talk about, was it two banks of five or was it a flat 10 at the back? Um, and and in a way, you, you know, you can't really begrudge Motherwell for, for trying to play that way, that they're trying to nick a result at Ibrooks against an undefeated team. So um, it is it is encouraging to see that even with the, the vast majority of that team being the same players as last season, Rangers have have found a way. Now that being said, Alec, uh, it was the, the vast majority of the team that was there last season. But the changes that were made by Gerard were were players who weren't there last season, and they did seem to change the game. There's been a lot, a lot of people talking about, you know, you know criticised Gerard for performances like Wednesday, 
and then you have to praise him and give him credit for performances like yesterday when it goes right. Do you think that the substitutions that he made changed the game? Or do you think that there was maybe a tactical shift as well that, that managed to open up Motherwell a wee bit? I might need you to unmute your mic there, Alex. You might need another substitution shortly. Get some get somebody that knows how to press the unmute button. You know I mean, but uh, I I think that the 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 substitutions definitely helped. Um, I think, and it's when they were made that helps. I think it's the personnel. Uh, I think it's a learning process. They've got to a certain point where they know um, how to deal with this situation now. Um, I think it's it reminded me a bit. Um, I can a I can a more worrying version of the the Lech Poznan game. Uh, at Ibrooks, where when you look back on it at full time, you saw that we just slowly turned the screw, turned the pressure up, we were patient. I don't think we were as patient yesterday, but we were quite patient in that game. We, we kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, we made substitutions that night at the right time, and we didn't make substitutions at the right time. We had, I, I remember that that game we had, I don't know if it was Joe Arabo, somebody was waiting to come on, and um, the, the ever-wise uh, Stephen Cragen was uh, saying, oh, why don't Rangers make the space that they don't want to break the flow because we're having a spell of increased, increasing the pressure. Brian Ken and, and Scott Arfield maybe come in for a bit of criticism for, for Wednesday night. I don't think that's... Um, I think it's just part of a... I, I think in Wednesday night, I know we're going to talk about that later, but I think maybe the team selection, there was too many players playing on Wednesday night who hadn't had long enough together. Uh, on the park, you know, hadn't weren't familiar enough with each other. Um, I think Scott Arfield was maybe a bit off his game because he wasn't getting the runners he was expecting. And Ryan Kent's trying to do too much. He's coming back to get balls that he usually gets with Barisic, but Bassey wasn't able to give him. I think you see them on the um, on the park yesterday. People may have been a bit upset. That's sort of maybe wondering why why Scott Arfield not getting rested. But he's part of the pressure. Although, although he came off. Um, half time, he's part of the pressure that was applied to Motherwell because by the end of the game, they were exhausted. We just ran them into the ground. Them. I think we missed Alfredo because um, he's a line break. You know, he's like, you know, people criticize him for not getting the goals, but I think it's been apparent the last couple of games exactly what he does by its absence. Um, he's able to break the lines through link up play or just his sheer physicality and mobility. Didn't have that yesterday. Um, but we then had to, instead of that, we're kind of, we're kind of pressuring on mass. And I think uh, by the time Joe Arabo comes on and then had you, you're, you're, by the way, I'm starting to crack. And um, Big Itton comes on as a kind of icing in the cake, you know, and he gets his goal. And I, th- I think the the players like, like um, Ruth, we got a bit of criticism on Twitter and what have you, uh, if I'm not having too many chances uh, on Wednesday night, but, David and I were talking this before we watched the game back, um, Wednesday night's game, and it was kind of unfounded. He was he was trying his heart out. His movement's phenomenal as well. I think we've got him and Alfie on the part. We can we can beat MD. Yesterday it was taking a bit longer, but he kept plugging away. He just kept plugging away and he never lost his sharpness. And I think we're, we're starting to find out as per the uh Standalier's game at Ibrox, when people target their fullbacks when they go for them, that should be off on space up in the middle. And we're starting to use that yesterday. Um, we could take we could take Kamara, uh, take Len Kamara off because we didn't need another holding midfielder, or I know he's more than a holding midfielder, but you know we we could put Joe Arabo on, we could put Hadji on, and just go for it. And um, I think it was just a combination of seeing how Motherwell were, were tiring and and knowing and knowing how to exploit it. And I think we, the game management was excellent yesterday. 
you know, in retrospect, you know, I didn't feel like that at the time um, when we were struggling to get the equaliser. But uh, I think when you look back on it, um, it was it was just a, a, a masterful moment, not just in terms of tactical tactics and game management, but I think emotionally, it just feels like we've we've turned a wee corner there. And uh, if we do win the title, you never want to tempt fate. But I think yesterday would be the, the moment we look back on and say that's when they, they learned how to do it. Well, we've we, on this show over the last three years, I think game management has been uh, quite rightly a stick that we've been able to beat the management team with a wee bit and criticise them because there have been times where we've thrown away situations where we didn't necessarily need to. Um, I mean, even arguably the, the Benfica results this season, we shouldn't be coming uh, throwing away two goal leads twice against the same opposition. What What is it, Alex, do you think that's changed that's allowing the team now to to see out games like this? Because there was a lot of pressure on the team yesterday when it when it gets to 2-1. It was, it was still tight. It was nervy. Um, and I think the instant you're referring to is is players like Hadji in the corner, who is ultimately a player short, short of confidence, not getting enough game time. Um, what is it, do you think, that's changed that's allowing the team now to have the confidence to see these games out? As David was mentioned earlier, and I uh, the, the squad, we're buying, we're buying players, um, we're getting in Roof and Itton. Um, I think also there's a, a really strange thing um, when, you, when you watch a team as long as a, an old man like myself has, when you get to recognise stages that you go through in building towards uh, winning a title or winning titles, um, and you actually learn as much from losses as you do from, from wins. And I, I think when, when we... You go back to his going out of the, the Scottish Cup to Hearts last season. It was we just looked kind of scared. You know, there was none of that on Wednesday night when we went out to St. Mirren. We weren't scared, you know. Um and I, right down to big uh, big corner Golson going for the guy Tate, who we have about all game, you know, once we'd equalised and we're holding Hadji with the ball in the net, big corners right in there. Um and they looked they looked they looked up for it. I mean they looked up for a fight as well as it didn't work out that way, we didn't, we didn't get the result. Then you look at maybe even the game against uh, ha- uh, sorry Aberdeen in the, the League Cup semi-final the season before that, where we just looked a bit blunt, a bit clueless when it came to you know, actually putting the ball in the back of the net. And at that was as much down to the squad. You know, Alfie was suspended and that was it. We only had uh, Sadiq up front. As much down to the squad depth as anything else. Um, and also, I think, I think our game plan under Stephen Gerrard is so kind of um, high spec that we're actually we're actually quite high maintenance as well I, I think in the past it hasn't taken a lot to go wrong for the whole not to fall to pieces because nobody thrashes us we never we never lose a lot of goals but for us to end up looking like that that way we've looked at rugby part down in the last few seasons sometimes where we just, we're just playing the ball about without any clues as to how to penetrate um, I think you see this season in particular when the the game plan that Beal and uh, Gerard and Tom Colshaw have got is realised its greatest potential um, is when you have Tavernier crossing for Barisic or Barisic crossing for Tavernier for a goal. That's when it's that's when it's its absolute best. That's when everything's just going going swimmingly. But I think that the main the thing to learn, the thing that I've learned um, through a few games this season is how to operate when that's not happening. You know, we uh, didn't double down on our fullbacks uh, the other night. They just uh, really went for them, uh, and I, and I, that confused us a bit. And I don't think we had the, the bodies in midfield that are used to. We, we, you know, we we had uh, you know Zungu in midfield, and he's still kind of bedding in. He didn't really know how he, how he, how to exploit the extra space that was going to give us in the middle. Yesterday we got there against Standard Liège. We got there, 
you know, we, we learned how to how to exploit a kind of second a second option when people are doubling down on the on the fullbacks. And uh, I just I, I just feel as if this has been a game plan. We, you know, we were wondering why we're losing at home to Hamilton Ackies last season. Why were you know it's why 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 the games that we're slipping up in aren't they the big games? We never embarrass ourselves in the, when we're playing Celtic or we're playing you know in Europe. And I think it's because this team just feeds off sheer intensity. And, they, they, and, and I think yesterday, when somebody targets my fullbacks, I think the I think the problem came uh, with the goal yesterday was because Barisic hadn't got himself forward enough already. You know, Tavernier and Barisic are primed to go forward. It's like it's like a reverse of how it used to be with fullbacks. They're really good defensively, and when they're in a great game, they'll go forward. I think this this team now with real cutting edge tactics. It's if if they're attacking really well, the defending improves. You know, and uh, they hadn't got going yesterday, but we're, we're learning how to actually. To find enough, you know, and I think it's just a three-year plan uh, that's that's really coming together, you know. Well, it's, it certainly seems to be coming together. Um, David, we, we've spoken a wee bit about Kamar Roof, and uh, I don't think at this point I could overstate my admiration for him as a player. I think on the ball and off the ball, um, he's excellent. You saw yesterday the way that he drifts from you know side to side through the middle. He, he definitely brings value in in the whole of the final third, not just in one position. And yet, both of his goals yesterday were, were somewhat scrappy. And you could argue that, that all three of our goals were a wee bit scrappy. It was a congested box, a wee bit of a ping around, and then one of the strikers gets on the end of it and knocks it in. Um, not a huge amount of finesse to any of the goals, I think. But to what degree can you actually praise a striker for scoring a goal like, like Ruth did yesterday? And, or, or to what degree is it all luck and being in the right place at the right time? Um, I think the best strikers and Rangers... Recent history, you know, you look at McCoyst and you probably look at Chris Boyd in the last proper title winning team, or certainly one of them, um, with penalty box strikers. And how many goals did both of those guys score that were, you know, um, t- I wouldn't say tap-ins, but certainly goals in the, in the round of six-yard box. <clears throat> I actually thought, you know, that's the sort of one, the first goal yesterday was one of those where, if that's Morella's, and he's been a fantastic striker for us, but it's one of them you wouldn't always think he's definitely going to score that goal because it's just come to Roof so fast on his bad foot and he's hit it on the turn and at the roof of the net. I thought it was a fantastic finish. And I think actually, you know, when we were linked with him, I think it was you and I were on the show, Ross, at the time, when we were linked with Roof, and that was one that just straight away, I was like, that is, he's. He's a player for us. He, I think that's been true. And I think even when he first came to the club, before he got injured um, in that European tie, I thought he was starting to look like the part. And obviously he's now playing a sort of different role in the team. But I just think he's been, even on Wednesday night, you know, when you were watching his body language in the game, I'd never felt like he was throwing the toys out of pram or getting frustrated or upset. I always thought like he was the one that was driving the, the team. And he was the one that was constantly saying, right, come on, let's let's get back into this game. Let's give it a go. Because it was a lot of sort of shades of last season. I think yesterday, you know, he went one better yesterday because he really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. And whether the goal was in the six-yard box or he hits it from the halfway line like he did in Belgium, you know, he is a goal scorer. And eight goals in 11 games in all comps, that, no, sorry, that's, that's in the league. Eight goals in 11 games in the league is... 
great. I mean, that's a great stat. He's, he's up there with, you know, the top goal scorers in the league. And you consider, I think, um, you know, Tavernier's played 18 games and scored 11 goals. So when you work that out between Roof playing 11 games and scoring eight, it's a fantastic return. And I think, as I said earlier, I mean, yesterday for him to to come up trumps like that it just shows faith in what Ross Wilson and the recruitment team are doing and how they're ide- identifying players. Because I think the final piece of our puzzle last season, what we needed were players who, when the chips were down and when we really needed something or someone to come up with something, they were going to produce. And I think yesterday was, again, as I said earlier, really, really rewarding that you saw two strikers who we brought in the summer, both from overseas, even though Bruce played in um, in England you know, most of his career. But he, he was playing in Belgium. He had a really, really tough time with injuries. He's come over here and he's just he's just hit the ground running. And Itten, as you said earlier, hasn't had as many games. But from what I've seen, and as, as Alex said, you know, on Wednesday night, everyone, it was, a, it was a crack game for everyone. But for him to to get, you know, what, what would have been the winner yesterday would be a great conference boost. And if you add that to his goal on, you know, against like Poznan, it's really, really positive. And I think, you know, I don't care how the goals go in, especially in those games, because they are just a slog. And as long as, you know, we have strikers that are going to produce goals. So a lot has been said, we talked about it last week's show about Morellas and his form and how he's, you know, where his head's at. But the best thing for him is if Ruffin Itten starts scoring, because he'll think, right, okay, so that's not just the right back that's scoring the goals of the centre half. So now I'm, I'm maybe in danger of losing my spot here. Um, and I think he'll come back refreshed actually from the two games off. And I think you might see a, a better side and a more hungry, a hungrier side in terms of goals for, for Alfredo Morales. Um, so I think all positive from yesterday and, you know, now the depth we've got in that position is as good as, you know, most teams. Certainly, I think we've got the strongest in that department in Scotland at the moment. Really, when you look at it, um, we've got three, four if you include the four really, really good strikers. So if we can... You know, if Roof keeps up that form, then he's going to be a formidable opponent for anyone in the in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll I'll stay with yourself, David. Um, we obviously lost the season long unbeaten record on Wednesday night, although the, the league unbeaten record, which is probably you know very very important, is is still intact. Um, yesterday was an interesting test for the side, and it's the first time this season that, that they've had to react. They've had to bounce back. Um, and that's something that last season after the winter break we struggled with, we struggled to, to respond to, to negative results well. Um, how important is yesterday's result in terms of showing the right mentality as well as keeping up the pressure and extending the gap? Obviously, another game in hand for Celtic today when they didn't play uh, in the league over the weekend. How important is it to, to on both fronts of showing that the mentality has improved and extending the points difference even further? Yeah, I mean, I think anyone that, that saw the score, you know, six minutes in, as we, as we touched on earlier, it felt very much like, you know, we were, we were going into old habits, which didn't fill you with much uh, hope going into the rest of the game. Um, I think mentality-wise for the for the team, I think there's probably three aspects to that. I think there's... A positive in the terms of the, the group and the team themselves, you know, in-house. I think it will give them a lot of belief that they were able to overcome that stuffy 
Motherwell defence, which it was, and they, listen, they, they set it up to, to do a job on us, and I don't blame them for that. I think teams are well within their rights to bring whatever tactics, and we can't really judge anyone and what they come to Ibrox and do, because it's up to us to take the game to them, and that's what we should be doing at Ibrox every time we play there. We should be taking the game to the opponents, and doesn't matter who it is, whether it's you know Motherwell, Ross County, Celtic, whoever. It's up to us to take the game to them. So no complaints there from me. Uh, but I think for the team, it'll be big for their mentality and their, their overall you know, um, belief in, in what they can achieve this season. I think for our supporters, it's a big statement because there's nobody... If you can tell me a Rangers fan that 73 minutes was thinking we're going to win this game, then I'd, I think you'd be struggling. I think you'd be, I think you'd be telling fibs, to be fair. Um, because nobody thought that. I didn't think that. I thought, Jesus, here we go. Um, especially when it was 73, 74, still 1-0. It felt like a very, very familiar story. Um, so that was big because now we think, right, okay. And I'd, to be fair, I already sort of felt like that, not yesterday, but I felt, I always felt that we had it in us to come back. Um, and I think the Liege game was a good example of that at home. But I think yesterday was a big test, especially off the back of a tough defeat. And there was always going to be the hangover there. And it was about how we sort of reacted to that. So for us as fans, good thing, because now we think, right, okay, so we don't have to panic too much if we get to 60 minutes and we're still 1-0 down, but we're probing, we're trying. Um, and then I think the third aspect to it is people outside the club. And I know we shouldn't can, we shouldn't really worry about people outside the club, whether it's the media or opposition fans. Um, but the pressure that comes with the expectation you have on yourself coupled with the fans is bad enough. But the expectation on us this season out with the club, I think, is pretty big as well. I think especially the way we've started. Um, you're seeing it in a lot of, in a lot of newspapers, a lot of websites online, a lot of radio shows, a lot of podcasts. Everyone's talking about how well we're doing, how we don't look like losing games. If we'd lost yesterday, you would have found that that just flipped. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done in the first 27 games of the season. I think you saw a wee bit of it through the week, but I think it would have been a lot worse if we'd lost yesterday. So that then sends a message to those people, whether it's opposition fans or media, that, listen, we're not, we're not going to be that um, that team this season. We're, we're going to stand up and, and, and be counted. And I think, you know, when you look at those three aspects, I think they're the three most important, the team themselves, the fans, and then the outside world, because the pressure that can be exerted on you from that expectation from everyone there is difficult. And I think we answered a lot of questions, and I think it was questions across that board, which were there, and they were rightly there, because last season... You know, after January was just the most depressing few months. And now it's not getting any better with COVID in terms of everyone's lives in the whole world. Um, and, yeah, it's it was just a good a good feeling. And it was most I've celebrated a goal in a long time when, when Cedric got the, the second because it just felt like sheer relief that God would actually manage to... to to get that winner and get that monkey off our back that when we can see the goal, we're not going to, you know, lose games at home uh, because we can't break down the opponent. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on. Um, Alec, we'll just come with one last word on, on the Motherwell game. That puts us on to 50 points. Um, 18 games gone this season, not even halfway through the league campaign, on track for 105, 106 points. Um, at what point do you sort of start to tip from hope to belief 
that 55 is coming this year. Um, when the third goal went in yesterday, that was for me. That that was it, uh, Ross. Um, I think the other thing about yesterday, when we were a goal down uh, with twenty minutes to go, was it was like an it was an opportunity. I'm not saying I, I didn't uh, believe we we're going to come back or necessarily win the game, but the one thing that was absolutely sure is that this was the opportunity to prove all those doubts that David's alluding to that we've had uh, over the last couple of years uh, about Stevie G's team. There's been a lot of doubts. Um, that this was an opportunity to just prove that yeah we've got that we've got that little bit of grit um, that makes the that makes the peril you know in the oyster and I think we've actually got to the point now where um, it would be embarrassing if we just ended the season with a league cup or a Scottish cup it's it's gone beyond I think it actually went beyond it last week at uh, <laughs> at Tanadice when we pulled that off somehow that just felt as if. This is this has gone too far. If you like, we're now too far. In front. This isn't just a bit of form, you know. The narrative around is a collapse in the last couple of seasons, um, especially considering where we'd been in the previous, you know, six, seven, eight seasons. Is all it was all it was a bit bogus because um, we really just nudged ourselves in front with the old firm wins and the two consecutive, you know, the kind of when about New Year period. Um, now, albeit Celtic have those games in hand, you know, at at worst we are seven points and a, a hell of a lot of goal difference clear. Um, and we haven't lost a league. We've dropped four points in the league. It's we're, we're at a halfway point. We'll play our 19th game at St Johnson on Wednesday. Um, and to, to be in that situation, if we can win that game, I think we're. I don't. I, I think I'm. I'm actually feeling now that the way Stevie G just keeps pushing on, ignoring all the criticism, and just and just pushing on with his own targets. I think we'll be disappointed. Uh, the major disappointment this season will be not going unbeaten for the whole league season. It will be, you know, not not getting that hundred points or something like that. I think that the the league title win for me is now is, is going to come uh, pretty early. As long as we, as long as we can navigate, as long as we can navigate. Um, I think even just I think even just till the second of January, you know. And I, I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty confident that um, we're on our way. You see, I'm inclined to I'm inclined to agree with you, Alec, because you're a, a wise man and always brings a lot of insight. But what I will say is that you're getting absolute pelters in the YouTube comments for your pronunciation of Arabo as opposed to Aribo. Um, that's that's the Adrosan pronunciation. Is you know, it? Uh, I think Joe's a Salkits boy, so that's you know that, that's that's how we pronounce <laughs> it. You know <laughs> right, fair enough. Fair enough. You know best. Um, Alec, I'll say with you, you, you said that you rewatched the St Mirren game. You put yourself through that punishment. Um, in yeah. you know, for for our benefit to, to bring yeah, that, her in place. Yeah. Um, now that the obviously the dust has settled, and we had a wee, a wee chat off there before we came on air about this. Now that the dust has settled, how do you reflect on on a game that was highly frustrating, highly sort of emotionally charged? I think for all spectators, all Rangers fans watching us lose the firstly lose uh, the most incredible opportunity to win silverware that we've had for a number of years. Um, but lose an unbeaten, unbeaten record at the same time. How do you reflect on that now that some time has passed? Um, I think two things. But my first, my first instinct was same as everybody else. We're blowing a chance uh, for a, for a trophy there. Um, but the thing that watching it again kind of kind of showed me yesterday, yeah, showed uh, in the first day when I watched it again, was that we were nowhere near as bad as I had thought we were. You know, when you're when you're caught up in the emotion, um, watching the game, and the point I was trying to make earlier about how you can you learn more from your defeats. 
I think, although we uh, our emotions are kind of confusing how we're regarding the game because we just we just want a blooming trophy. I mean, like Celtic are out of this competition, as you say, it's not not a greater opportunity. Um, why are we not winning this? But we actually analyse the game itself. Um, I think it was just as I say, a few players that are a bit unfamiliar with each other. The, there was no lack of effort. There was, a, I think, there was an assumption that I made it as well uh, in, in the heat of the moment that we'd score the goal after seven minutes. We've got twenty-seven games unbeaten, um, but because we don't have a trophy uh, in the cabinet, we, the team starts resting on laurels that they don't actually, they haven't actually worn yet. They don't haven't actually earned. Um, but when I watched it back, no, there was absolutely no lack of effort. Uh, the intensity was there. The effort was there. Um, uh, St Mirren, St Mirren played well. Um, they, they they really went for it, and they're on a good run. St Mirren, you know, it's not it's it's uh, not a character for them just now. The referee changed at the last moment. You know, a substitute referee, if you like. I don't think he had the best game. I don't mean that in a kind of conspiracy sort of way, because I mean he sent off Jim Goodwin for celebrating. You know, probably the biggest win of his his managerial career, uh, a la Andy Halliday at uh, Morton a couple of seasons. It must be a Renfrewshire thing, but. Um, no, I think we could quite easily had a couple of St Mirren boys could have been sent off. You know, if it'd been refereed a bit differently, we could have had a few more fouls here and there as well. You know, um, we had the ball in the back of the net, albeit the ball was out, and I felt as if it actually, it felt as if that was it. That was the moment. This is the last. I, I, I have this. Maybe it's a superstitious thing. I don't know. Maybe over dramatic, but I feel that teams that are trying to come back from a long unwinning run always have a moment. Uh, where they get a taste of what they've been through before they actually just finally turn it around. You know, it's a bit kind of Hollywood movie script, you know, but we, we were all there. It certainly wasn't anything like a Hollywood movie at Hamden when Hibs won the cup. They hadn't won that thing for 114 years and it looked that day like they'd Hibs that again, you know, just before they actually turned it around. We saw, you know, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain infamously kind of get past the, the quarterfinals of the, the Champions League, you know, for all the, for all the money they've got and, Last season, they were 1-0 down going into injury time against Atalanta. Bang, bang, two goals. Suddenly they're through. And I feel as if this is, in terms of the last 10 years, you know, the last nine, 10 years, I feel this is our moment. Uh, I felt I felt as if Tuesday night was just the, the, the last taste we required of that kind of thing where it's snatched away from us. It's never, even when we're trying to win the blooming... Uh, Ramsden's Rumbleos, whatever it's the, the the Challenge Cup, you know, is it? We're conceding the last minute goal to Queen of the South, and then going out in penalties. You no, know, we're two nothing up at Alloa, you know, and, and losing three two in the last twenty minutes. It was it, it's it felt as if a wee taste of that it was equalising right at the end, was just a kind of final salt in the wound. But I think what's happened is it's given us that 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 character that we're we needing to see from is that perverse thing. But you're always what you see is in a terrible situation. So this team can finally prove that they've got it to deal with everything. And it's actually happened three times this season. Um, the 0-0 the with Livingston. Uh, at Livingston, where we just we looked really blunt, looked, we didn't have a clue about how to penetrate a, a deep-line defence. And then that bled into, we were expecting a response the following week against Kilmarnock at Ibrox. And at half-time, it was still 0-0 at Ibrox in that game, and we looked like we hadn't really learned our lesson. Come out of the second half, Roof involved again, we went 2-0. They have turned it round. I get the, the two games we with Benfica. I actually think the second game against Benfica, you know, we had to go 2-0 up really early to to get a, a point out of them. You know, but on paper it looks like we've chucked uh, two goal leads in successive European games. And so when they then we're looking for us to blow standard Liège away, you know, I mean we beat them 2-0 in Liège, so come on, you know. But no, they come out and just absolutely blow a gasket. Um 
firing it, throwing everything at us. And we go we go behind and we go behind again a minute after responding. But we got through that. And I think yesterday was just part of the story. Y- yesterday, the fact that we went, we were expecting us to blow away Motherwell as a response to, to Wednesday night. And when I say that we look back, when we look back, uh, when we do actually win the league, and hopefully it's this season, we're going to look back at the Motherwell game is the, is the moment we really knew, I think, part of that was what happened on Wednesday night too. You know, we're expecting an immediate response yesterday. It was the opposite. We go a goal down and we're struggling again. And it's like, we just, we found that character. The goals, we were talking about Rufa looked a bit scrappy yesterday, so I'm going back to yesterday. But it's it almost characterised. That, that's what we've been wanting to see for Rangers. Can you scrap? You know, Close up, the goals are absolutely brilliant. The world, world class finishing for roof and what have you. But we did, we proved we could scrap. So I actually think uh, Wednesday night was that bit of, that bit of medicine, uh, that kind of sour taste that we needed uh, just to to get us going. And I think it's I think it's actually the making of us, the making of this team. Very philosophical way to look at it, um, David. Gerard has, has kind of come out after the after the game and said can't blame the players after what they've given us this season so far, the runs that they've been on and that he would take the blame for that result. But when you uh, look at the, the lineup, I think we were all actually surprised at how strong that starting 11 was. Um, I would be hesitant to blame the manager for the, the team that he put out and the system that that team played. So does that leave you in a position of blaming the players for that result? Or I know you've, you've gone back and revisited the games well, like Alec has, do you sort of, look back on that without the emotion of the night and say St Mirren played well and it was just one of those nights where it didn't happen for us? Um, I, I was concerned when I saw the team only because I thought the midfield set-up just looked really imbalanced. I thought that to play Zungu, Aribo, or Aribo, as Alec calls him, uh, and um, Harfield, it just seemed a bit... Because the full thing this season's been about you know, the likes of Kamara and Davis and the work that they put in to get across and help fullbacks. And the thing that concerned me about that team was it just felt, didn't feel a bit that balance in the midfield. It felt a bit too forward-thinking players. And then Zungu, who I quite like as a player, I think he, he offers us a lot of protection, but I don't think in that particular midfield three that it sort of worked. Um, out with that, you know, you've, Apart from Bassey, who had been decent up until that point, just the boy just had a, a tough night. Um, I think it was pretty much what you would have expected. Even McGregor playing, I mean, I didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, I, I had concerns about the balance in the midfield from early on. I think that was actually what what you saw within the game. You know, there was we didn't have the same protection for the the fullbacks, and I don't think we get enough. Going in the in the final third, which we've been successful at with Barisic and Tavernier. Um So yeah, I, th- I think Gerard has has had a pop at the players quite a lot in the past, especially last season. And I think he probably owed them one because you know you can completely see not that I'm an, a, a, an expert in spin, but you can certainly see his point there because the players have given us absolutely everything. You couldn't ask any more. Every single game this season. You know, we've either not conceded, we've battered teams, even in Europe, we've been outstanding, top in the group. With one bad night, I mean, it was a costly bad night. Um, but I, I think it would have been unfair if he'd come out and had an absolute, annihilated them to the press. And saying that, um, I felt like the goals we gave away 
you know, there's all a lot of individual errors in there, you know. Bassey for the penalty, the crazy, crazy. Um, no need, really no need for that. Uh, I think he just gets caught, you know, ball watching again. The second goal is one of those sort of just it was a weird one when it went in you were like what just happened it all happened so quickly but when you watch it back Arfield's just rash and he dives in and as he dives in he blocks off Goldson and that's why it looks so quick because the guy's just managed to, I should have my Jamie Carragher Gary Neville analysis board here um, but Arfield sort of runs in and blocks off Goldson and then the guy just slots in and the third one Tavernier, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, when you watch it back, yeah, actually, it's something that we forgot. Or certainly I forgot. But Tavernier's marking the guy at the corner. We actually do all right to get it away. And then Tavernier just, I don't know what he's doing. It's as if he's trying to organise everyone else. He's watching the ball. And he just sort of walks back into the middle of the box. And the guy's at the back post. And by the way, that save from McGregor was save of the season, Wally. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then the guy just runs in and hits it in. And by that time, Tavernier's trying to get back across. And really, so when you look at the goals in isolation, you know, other than the second one, which was just rash from Arfield, there wasn't really an individual error on that. But the other two, there was. And I think when you look at the game back and you look at it back in a, a less angry way, because if anyone's like me, the blood just travels to your face when Rangers get beat and you can't really see anything. And I took a little sort of... A few um, little samples from the, some of the Gelsnet guys on on Wednesday night, and Colin was at the height of depression as 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 normal after the result of that. Ross, I think, he did a few he did a few shandies, so he was he was cool. And Ian Ian was the most philosophical one that I'd contacted, um, and we both agreed, you know, that we had to show a reaction on on Saturday against against Motherwell, which we did. But when you look at the game back, you know, it wasn't quite as bad as we all felt on Wednesday night. But in saying that, you know, it was the same old errors that have cost us in games like that in the past. And for us to go out of that competition when it was such a fantastic chance to win a trophy and actually after the Falkirk game, when we got St Mirren away, I don't think anyone would have expected that because we were, in, you know, riding the crest of a wave at that point after Celtic had been knocked out. So, uh, I mean, it hurts. But after Alex's rousing speech about how we're going to win the league in May, you know, I feel a lot better now. So, um, but I think as as time passes, and after yesterday, and there was some straight wind me up about the result on Wednesday night today, and I was like, "Well, listen, you know, you're only as good as your last result." And I think that was a big moment for us yesterday to to react. And as I said to Colin on Friday or Thursday, when we were chatting about it after the fact, we can we can't control anything of what this team does. So we can we can all moan about it on social media and stuff, which we all do, and we all moan about it to each other. But ultimately, we've just got to trust Gerard and trust the players and trust that they are learning from these mistakes because ultimately it's them that, them that are going to do it this season. It's not us. We can't do anything this season because we're not even in the stadium. So I think we've maybe just got to relax a wee bit and just, it's hard as a Rangers fan, especially at the moment, especially after these years of turmoil that, Alex just put us through mentioning the Ramsden's Cup. Um, but I feel like I'm picking a new Alex, sorry, mate. Uh, but the I it, it, we're all we're all impatient for trophies, but I think we've got to maybe relax a wee bit, especially when we can't even get in the stadium and back the team. 
Um, and it was sore on Wednesday. It really was. I mean, everyone was gutted. But, you know, the bigger picture is we're 16 points clear at the top of the table. We're in really, we're looking strong. But opponents don't look particularly strong. We play them in a few weeks. And by the way, we got a few tough fixtures before that. But, listen, we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. Much better spot than we were this time last season. Much better team than we were this time last season. So, uh, Wednesday was a sore one. It's sore not to lift the, the trophy for the 28th time, but, you know, um, just got to kind of go on with it. And as I say, take the positives out of yesterday and move on. And hopefully Wednesday night brings another another good result. Right. And, and and maybe, I think as, as Alec kind of alluded to earlier, maybe it's just one of these things that we have to go to, go through to remember everything that we've been through and, and show, but really this this codifies and solidifies the, the, the improvements that have been made by this Rangers squad, which is by and large the same group of players as we had last season, but the the, the, the growth within them to, to respond to a result like Wednesday with the performance like yesterday's is, is really, really encouraging. But I think that's that's probably the best way to, to put Wednesday's result to bed. Um, so let's do exactly that. Um, there's a couple of things in the news that, that we can talk about very briefly. Um, Alec, the, the Rangers AGM, given that we've had two matches since that happened, it actually seems about a lifetime ago now, yeah. um, taking place obviously in, in the virtual world. And I'm sure that if we'd done a show uh, earlier in the week, we, we, we could have easily filled a whole hour talking about it, but we've, we've no got the luxury of that, unfortunately. So um, what are your kind of main takeaways from, from Rangers AGM this year? Yeah, just a, a bit of guilt that I never actually paid too much attention to it. Um, to be honest, Ross, um, I, I think I've had my my fill of uh, boardroom dramas and in, in involvement with that, with that kind of thing over the, the last uh, the last eight years or so. Um, I, I saw the headlines. You know, there's obviously something going on. You know, with the, the club 1872 and the you know whether the club approve of you know what um, Dave King's doing in the current board, but I'm. I know the campaign's been launched uh, under the you know, under the guise. Or not the It's been sold to us as that we should never let it happen again. What happened in two thousand and twelve, and that's absolutely one hundred percent correct. I understand that, um, but I must admit I'm just been enjoying the football. I know I, I seem like the worst kind of head in the sand uh, kind of kind of fan. Um, I pay my season ticket. I'll, I'll I'll follow who I'm told to follow by the, the guys who are getting heavily involved in all this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I know enough to know that I'm happy just now with the way the board is and the people that are on uh, the board. Um, and I'm just... I know obviously we're looking at selling players. That's 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 becoming that, that, that's that, that's a way to to get out of any debt that we might be uh, getting into because of COVID, a, a debt that's going to affect everybody in football uh, of our kind of scale and size. Um, but to be honest, I, I'm I'm almost kind of at that stage just now. I'm just I'm just happy with who's in charge, um, and I'm I'm almost taking a wee break from it. I didn't get myself too kind of fundamentalist type uh, involved as I have been in the past. Um, so now I was. I was I was just quite happy to, to lose myself in a, a European draw and um, getting put out of the League Cup. Well, there you go. I mean, there's, there's been so much that's happened over the last week that I've completely forgotten that we've not even discussed the European draw, which was, um, I mean, I can try and squeeze it into the agenda now. Why not? We all know that, obviously, it's probably one of the better draws we could have had. Um, 
Alec, as a, as a passionate European football supporter, you must have been pleased to see the the draw come out as it was. No, no, I was absolutely um, distressed um, because I've waited a bit. What, 25 years to see Royal Antwerp in the flesh. Um, they're one of the 102 teams I've, I've played in European club finals, Ross. And uh, even though it hasn't helped my pronunciation of uh, Joe Aribo's uh, name, I've seen 71 of them. And two of the teams I had left to see uh, was Standard Liège and Royal Antwerp. So this season's turning into, I think the draws are actually just targeting me. You know, even more viciously than David is tonight. You know, it's it's, it's another another type of online bullying. But for Rangers, if that's if he's if he's a concerned about Rangers, I I suppose you know it was a good it was a good draw. But no, I I was almost my first my first instinct was I was absolutely raging. I knew we were going to get somebody that I needed to see. We know that we can't get into the stadiums. And I t- I talked to NHS staff and all that, and they just they, they almost seemed to think you know. Their player life's harder than mine because I kind of get to see these teams at Ibrox. You know what I mean? It's, I don't really. I, I get a distinct impression. We're very sympathetic, but no, it was a, it was a, it was a really good draw. Um, they are, you know, well, we are the favourites. You know, simple as that. Um, they're kind of mid-table. I think they're, they're actually they're having a good result tonight. You know, before we come on air, they were three nothing up at half time. Uh, but they're a, a cracking old team, uh, Royal Antwerp. They're a bit of a, a bit of a kind of Walter Mitty club. Um, you know they've got a, a great stadium. They're the oldest team in Belgium, but they're like about ninth or tenth in the in the list of uh, Belgian title winners. Um, they beat Spurs in this season's group stage. They, they, like ourselves, they qualified um, with a game to a game to spare, but they were playing Spurs reserves. You know, um, and they lost to Spurs reserves in the in the last game. But uh, it will not be easy. But I think they will be easier than Standard Liège, and the only. I'm more of a, as you know, as I've been proving tonight, I'm more of a kind of general story man than the actual details. But what I, what I will say is that they, they won their third, I think, Belgian Cup last season to qualify. That's they went straight into the group stage. Um, but the last time that they won the Belgian Cup, they got to the European final the following season. You know, at Wembley, they lost to Parma. Uh, and that's why I was wanting to see them. But uh, no, never mind. Wasn't going to happen. Would it make you jealous if I told you that a couple of years ago when I was living in Luxembourg, I went... Don't. I went to Standard Liège versus Royal Antwerp. You're making that up. I uh, know. Get, get yeah, David yeah. back on it. Get David back on it. Slag my pronunciation. You know that that's 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 that is online bullying. I've got it on video as well. You know what I mean? You're kidding me on. Red Bull game as well. Awful. Um, David, to to close out the show. Obviously, uh, we're recording this on Sunday evening. Um, yesterday, Saturday afternoon, we get more political announcements about COVID restrictions. Uh, where I am in the southeast of England is uh, very, very tight and locked down. And that's sort of Christmas when we're allowed to see friends and family. We're just our own household and stuff. Um, doesn't seem to have affected football in terms of there's obviously been minor disruption for certain clubs, but the league in Scotland is, is still ploughing ahead. Um, we're reaching the halfway point in the season now. What, given the way that this, this virus does seem to be getting worse at the moment and the restrictions are getting tighter, what hopes do you have for, for seeing out the, the rest of the season? Do you think that we have a chance of getting to completion or, or do you worry that there's going to be some schemes and, and machinations that see this league sort of wrapped up early? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think in the top flight, no reason to say that is <clears throat> the testing so stringent in the Premiership. So I would be surprised if we were in trouble. The ones I would worry for would be 
the law leagues, I think they might be, you know, potentially in trouble. But we don't know. I mean, it's really, really difficult because we've been told about new variants and things like this that are speeding up the, the spread, but very, very sort of sketchy what the de- of the detail and whether it's even in Scotland yet. So I think this has been, and I'm no political or scientific e- expert, but I think a lot of this is to do with, you know, Christmas and the obvious um, taking the piss of Christmas that might have occurred. So I don't know if this is a, a, an attempt to sort of curb that best they can. It seems like it's sort of come out the blue a wee bit. Um, I think we probably expected something, but it, it was quite, quite, you know, um, pretty shocking, I would say, stuff yesterday coming from Westminster and from, from uh, Edinburgh. So... Listen, Colin and I did this this show in March, um, the week before lockdown, the Sunday, and we sat that night and said, "God knows." And we t- we discussed arguably the worst game I've ever seen, which was Ross County nil Rangers one, um, and the poor listeners had to listen to us to the two of us talking shite for an hour. There was only two of us on the show, um, so we should have known that it was the end of the world coming, uh, and. But we didn't know what was going to happen then. And it was a really weird one because you really didn't know. And I think even 10 months, 11 months on, we're still not entirely sure what's going to happen next week. So I think the way that football is at the moment, we seem to be doing okay. We have these bubbles, you know, we have good mass testing in football. It seems to be going well. I think the SPFL and SFA would maybe stand up for themselves a bit more at this stage um, and say, look at our testing, look at what we are doing, because this is, you know, it's absolutely seamless. And I think we've got more of, I think football's got more of a right to do that now. We don't have any fans in the stadium, so that won't affect things. Um, but you just don't know. You really don't know. I'd like to think that, you know, 16 points clear. That we maybe get handed 55, who knows? But if not, I think... We'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully, we see out the season and um, Alec, Alec Anderson's up there to pick up the trophy in May. I can't think of anyone who would deserve it more. Um, gents, I think we've, we've sort of just about tipped over the 60-minute mark, so it's, it's about time that we, uh, we wrap things up there. As always, I just want to say a massive thank you both to Alec and to David for giving up their Sunday evenings to join me and, and talk about Rangers. There's nothing we'd all rather be doing. Um, thanks as well to everyone who's joined in on the comments on the YouTube stream and to Frankie, who's been patrolling. Appreciated. The show will be back next Sunday um, to discuss, hopefully, Rangers continuing momentum with a win out in Perth and uh, then the Boxing Day fixture against uh, against Hibs. Uh, obviously, two very, very tough fixtures for Rangers and, and a really, really crucial period if we want to keep pushing on into the new year. As always, please do head over to the website at www.com net.co.uk and get involved in the discussion forum if you're not already logged on. There's always uh, plenty of great chat there and fantastic articles, match previews, uh, history archive and, and, and all the rest of it for everyone to get involved in. And as always, please do download, like, subscribe, share the, the podcast. It really does help. The only other thing to say is thank you very, very much for joining us. Please do stay safe and have a great week.